0: Hello everyone and welcome to my backyard again. And uh it's beautiful weather out here. Hopefully the lawnmowers stay away and all the birds stay quiet, and we can get into the word of God and find some encouragement from the words of Jesus uh, for our life today. Uh, so if you guys would join me in prayer, uh getting our hearts ready for this time where Jesus is going to help us through some really uh, difficult stuff that uh, many of us go through or all of us have been um, impacted by or touched by at some point in our life. Uh, The the topic of marriage and divorce uh, is what we're going to be talking about today. But I really think uh, Jesus has an encouraging um, message for us today. So let's ask him to speak to us. Father, uh, we pray that you would help us to see things the way you see them. Uh, Jesus, we ask that you send us your Holy Spirit uh, to illuminate scripture, to give us uh, understanding, to give us uh, truth um, and grace. Lord, we cannot even begin as normal men to understand your ways. Uh, We need to be spiritual men. And uh, God, we want to put our hope and trust in you alone because in the spirit realm, faith is what uh, matters and so, Lord, we humble ourselves before you. We we acknowledge that we mess things up, but Jesus, you fix them. And by your power, Lord, we want to be made new today in a in a in a new way. Um, Lord, we need you, and I pray that there are those people out there who have been feeling uh, condemned and discouraged and uh, a lack of hope, a loss of hope because of things that they've gone through uh, regarding marriage and divorce. And I pray that today that they would be set free by your love and by your grace, that they would know that they uh, are your beloved and that um, you will never leave them or forsake them. Uh, Jesus, help us to get our eyes on you and off of ourselves. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. uh, So we're going to be continuing our verse-by-verse study through the book of Mark. And uh, we're in Mark chapter 10, going through verses 1 through 13. And uh, today um, I, I gave a, a simple title, just uh, Good News uh, and Hope for Divorced People. So if you want to open up your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5, then we'll get into Mark after our introduction. But Ephesians chapter 5 um, is where we'll be at first. And we're going to start out by saying things don't always go according to plan uh 2020 nothing has gone according to plan uh in fact if you bought a planner at the beginning of 2020 um that was a poor decision uh he didn't know it at the time but at, as things have gone nothing has gone according to plan um and jesus knows this right that things don't go to, and he i want us to keep one thing in mind as we go through this scripture jesus did not come into the world To condemn the world, but to save the world. Jesus did not come into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. Keep that in mind through everything that we uh, talk about today. Today we're going to hear about how uh, Jesus dealt with this sensitive topic that many people struggle with or have been deeply impacted by since the beginning of time. And there's nothing new about this marriage and divorce. Um, So we're going to start by, uh, at the beginning, um, God invented marriage, okay He planned it all out. It was his first order of business when he uh, created man and woman in the garden. so let 's stop right there. I mean, I could go back and we could read Genesis to, but you guys all know it we 've studied through Genesis, but let 's stop right there and ask the question, why? Why did God invent marriage? Is it because God wanted to bother men and restrict their freedoms? Saying you can only be with one person, Just it's a restriction. Um, or was it because he wanted um, um, <clears throat> us to have more rules and standards and laws uh, and, and lay them on our backs so that we would fail to live up to them? Or was it because he wants us to be happy or was it, was, be, was it because he wants us to have kids, godly kids? <clears throat> well, there may be a bit of truth in some of those, <clears throat> but not all of them. And if you would uh, look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 31, it says this very simply. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined or glued to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ in the church. So from that verse, we see that God invented marriage to be a foreshadow and to illustrate to the world His love for His beloved church and their life with Him as their Lord. That's what every marriage is about. That's God's plan. That's God's purpose. God has determined that the best way for every human being in the world to know and understand what, a rela- what kind of relationship Jesus intends to have with his bride is marriage. The spiritual relationship that Jesus wants to have with people is illustrated by our physical marriages. That's the vision. That's the plan is to have this. But Jesus knows things don't always go according to plan or according to the program. And every marriage throughout all of history has become part of this collective message or plan. Um, But just like every other ministry and message, we have wrecked the truth and glory that God gave us through sin things don't always go according to plan even god's plan uh this plan did not go according to how he set it up you see we have not done marriage correctly we have failed to live up to god the standards that god set up as this perfect message and image of of his son and and his son's love you see we get divorced we Are unfaithful. We are selfish. We speak unkind and disrespectful words. We don't protect. We don't love. We don't listen. We teach our kids to do what we do. We get annoyed. We get harsh. We aren't patient. We cheat. We lie. We hide. We yell. And all of that was on Monday. We reject his plan in exchange for our own plan to seek out what we think will make us happy. You know, whether man or woman, some even seek to marry a bunch of people and buy a bunch of tigers, um, or some people just don't get married at all, thinking that they can live outside of God's world and plan that he created, not realizing that they're also placing themselves outside of his blessing as well. Wondering why uh, joy and peace are never granted by God to those who refuse to trust his son and honor his role as the bridegroom. Have I offended everybody yet? Let me keep going then. Um, We are self-centered. We think our marriages are about us when really they're about God and so often we blame God for the very thing that reveals our sin more than anything else like blaming the doctor for showing us the test that reveals our COVID or our cancer we don't like seeing our sin and our spouse will reveal more about our deeply rooted sin than anybody else so sin wrecks marriages marriages that God commissioned and that God had a plan for sin wrecks them and then what happens what happens after sin has wrecked a marriage well we get divorce we see people who get divorced and we look down on them like they have a black stain on their lives if we got divorced The devil goes into overtime to condemn us, flooding our thoughts with every single mistake we ever made, filling us with shame and bitterness. And the kids, the kids must deal with unanswered questions and brokenness that they feel and experience that always follows a divorce. This is why everything i've just talked about all the m- trouble we've created this is why we need the gospel and that's what we're going to say see today is that we need jesus we need his power his love his forgiveness and his supernatural resurrection life we need it for ourselves and we need it so that we can pour that life in to others as well that are in our life so we're going to get a little bit into that part Uh, The solution part at the end uh, but let's go ahead and go through the text that we have in front of us today Mark chapter 10 verse 1 then he arose from there and came to the region of Judea by the other side of the Jordan and multitudes gathered to him again and as he was accustomed he taught them again the Pharisees came and asked him is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife testing him that word testing is important. And he answered them and said to them, what did Moses command you? So these Pharisees come up and they decide they're going to get Jesus into the most hotly debated topic of their day. Uh, just like it's probably one up there in our day as far as controversial topics. And that's marriage and divorce. And they think that they are testing Jesus. But what's actually going to happen here is Jesus is going to test them. Um, Again, this was a hot topic issue, and there was basically two camps in Israel during these days, and just a brief history lesson. The first was uh, Rabbi Shammai, uh, and he he was the very strict conservative teacher uh, that lived uh, during that time, and he taught that uh, divorce was only if a man married a woman and then found out that she wasn't a virgin. And that was the only way, only time ever you could ever get a divorce. That was his side. And then there was Rabbi Hillel, and he was the very liberal side. And um, one of his followers said that uh, he taught that Uh, You could divorce your wife simply if you found another woman or saw another woman who was more attractive. Uh, So obviously his standards for divorce were extremely lenient, while uh, Shammai had standards that were extremely strict. And the Pharisees, um, they all had their different opinions on this, but they wanted to drag Jesus into the mud of this bitter disagreement and contentious Fight, But like always, Jesus is not tricked. Uh, he doesn't need to be judged. Uh, he is the judge. And they think Jesus is really asking them for interpretation like, hey, guys, what do you think? Um, when he is really using the word to reveal their problem, he Jesus is using the word of God to test them. What's he say? He says, what did Moses command you? you guys are bible experts you guys are law experts what what does it say jesus brings up the law because jesus knows that their response to the law would show their problem it would show where their heart is at you see the law has this amazing ability to reveal us our deepest insights And it will either reveal humility or it will reveal pride. You will hear a law commandment and you will say, well, the way I think about it is this, that, and the other. And if it involves you doing well and performing that, then what we have there is called pride. If when you're confronted with a law, you are convicted and you see that you do not measure up and you have not measured up to God's spiritual standard, then we have humility. And as we've studied so many times in the past, humility and faith are the plumb line that determine where someone is spiritually in their relationship with God. So let's see how they respond to this. They said, Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and to dismiss her. So these Pharisees respond with the letter of the law. They know the right answer, they think. But what they fail to understand is that the law is not a list of right answers. In fact, you cannot really know God's law and understand the meaning of it unless the Spirit of God teaches it to you or writes it in your heart because the law is spiritual and holy and good, and we are not. So the law is like a litmus test that can reveal what is inside of you by your response to it. Only the Spirit of God can teach us the law in our spirit. And we can see how this works in the response that Jesus gives to them. So look what he says. And this, Jesus answered and said to them, Because of the hardness of your heart, he wrote you this precept. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female, and for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined or glued to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh, so that they are no longer two but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. So Jesus shows them, these Pharisees, that they missed the heart of God they missed the plan of God because they have been looking for a way out of marriage they didn't ask this question because they wanted to honor God they wanted to get their own way and divorce uh, their wives while still appearing to be holy in the people's eye and in God's eyes They don't have God's heart. And that's the whole disconnect that Jesus is is teaching them here. You guys are missing the whole point. You want to get out of your marriage when God's heart was for you to glorify him in your marriages. They were using the law unlawfully. They did not seek the spirit of God to teach them the heart of God, to show them God's heart in it. Now, an important clarification needs to be made at this point. This teaching uh, Jesus is giving about marriage and divorce is not the complete uh, teaching of all the doctrines and, and what to do and what not to do. Paul teaches us much more specifically in his letters than Jesus does right here. Jesus What we're focused on is that Jesus is simply revealing the root of the problem in the Pharisees, that they didn't really understand the law because they really didn't know God. They were experts in the law, but they were estranged from the God who gave the law. They knew what the law said, but not what it meant. And this is common even to this day. In our day, in 2020, in Denver, when people, like the Pharisees, take a law and attempt to justify themselves in God's sight, they are missing the whole point. Not a single law in Scripture is given for that purpose, so that we can see ourselves as being right in God's sight. The law does not accomplish that purpose. The law does not do that. The law says you are a sinner. You fall short. And any use we put to the law outside of that is called an unlawful use of the law. It's not okay to use the law the way it's not designed. The law says we are all guilty of every part of it. Jesus, uh, in Matthew chapter 5, when he's teaching the the Sermon on the Mount, he he explains it very thoroughly. uh, That No matter how intense we take the law, God's righteousness is so much higher than ours that we have broken his commandments. We have broken the law. The law is not given so that we can look down on others who have not done as well as you have. That is not the point. So, specifically with divorce, let's check this out. Sometimes things don't go according to plan. God's plan was always that a marriage uh, would glorify him and that would reflect the love of his son for his church. Now, has our marriages always done that? Have we faithfully represented to the world and to our wives and to our husbands and to our children God's perfect love? That's the heart that God had. And has for marriage. Now, we all, if you're humble, you would say, No, I I have failed to do that. And so we join with everybody else who has failed in saying, We are sinners. We need God's forgiveness. We need to understand His love and grace. That's what this is designed to do, this law. The heart of God is never divorce, ever. In fact, He hates. Divorce. You guys have heard of Malachi chapter 2, verse 16, which says, For thus says the Lord God of Israel, He hates divorce. That He hates divorce. For it covers one's garment with violence, says the Lord of hosts. Therefore, take heed to your spirit that you do not deal treacherously. So, if God hates divorce, so we should hate it too, right? And if we hate something, We should treat people who do that thing like they are our enemies, right? Wrong. We forget that the law condemns us as well. We haven't measured up. We are fellow sinners. We need the gospel as well. Divorce does not create second-class citizens of heaven. It does not. I want to read two verses to you that I think will greatly encourage you. Isaiah 50 verse 1, Thus says the Lord, Where is the certificate of your mother's divorce, whom I have put away? Jeremiah 3:8. Then I saw for all the causes for which backsliding Israel had committed adultery, I had put her away and given her a certificate of divorce yet in her tre- yet her treacherous sister judah did not fear but went and played the harlot also god is also divorced let that sink in god is also divorced so do you think there's a second class citizen feel going on there no god knows how it feels to go through a relationship that does not go according to plan. He knows how it feels to be rejected. He knows how it feels to be brokenhearted more than any of us because his love for his bride, his first bride, Israel, was so deep and he cherished her so much. And as you read through uh, much of Isaiah and Jeremiah, you can see his heart of brokenness after going through the divorce that he did. Things don't always go according to plan, even in God's relationship experience. But there is hope. What is that hope? The gospel. The works and deeds of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. God's first marriage ended in divorce. He declares, I divorce you. But through the death and resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ... There is a new marriage in the heavenly places, in the spiritual world, the church and Jesus Christ. And this marriage isn't based on our performance as sinful people, but solely on his performance as the Messiah. His love and his power creates for himself a bride through the Holy Spirit. He takes the responsibility for our life. In fact, he implants his own life into us, creating a completely new race of people to be his bride, Christians. And he promises to transform us through his love and through his power for himself. He just doesn't leave us uh, to our own devices. He says, I will take care of everything for you. What a great husband. So what we see here is that the gospel of Jesus makes all things new. He takes dead men and makes them alive. He takes guilty men and makes them righteous. He takes stupid men and makes them wise. He takes unworthy men and makes them worthy. He takes bad men and makes them holy. I want this message to be good news for divorced people you haven't disqualified yourself. You are qualified to be loved and to be forgiven and to enter into the real purpose of marriage, which is the gospel. Now, his disciples had some further questions on this. Look what they say. In the house, his disciples also asked him again about the same matter. So he said to them, whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if a a woman divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. Again, this is not the full teaching that we have in Scripture, but it is the heart of the teaching. That is God's plan, the plan that we have all marred and wrecked. Paul, Paul in his letters, gives us a few reasons why marriages could end such as adultery and abandonment. But um, just like God's example, he's, things don't always go according to plan. Jesus is focused here on planting his heart into his disciples, teaching them how he thinks and feels about the world and marriage and, and this, these beautiful pictures that, he, that are supposed to illustrate his love. He wants his disciples to know that he is grieved over divorce and, and so we should be too. He wants you know to us to know that he longs for people who have been through divorce to know his love and his forgiveness. And we should have that same exact heart as well. There is hope. Through the gospel of Jesus and what he did on the cross and his resurrection. God can restore the years that the locust has eaten through um, the life and the grace and the transforming work that Jesus can do in our behavior and in our hearts. We can see God do new and wonderful things. So I have this, I have this tree in my backyard. I'm looking at it right now. Everyone keeps telling me it's dead and it's true it it probably is dead but for some reason i just i look at this tree every once in a while and i think well god could make it alive again and i actually looked over there this morning and there's a whole bunch of new um uh, leaves coming out of, of various branches on it and it just reminded me that and i just wanted to tell you that god can do anything his power and his grace is wonderful. And he's to be praised for his uh ability to do miracles in our life. Again, today's teaching is not a teaching about what to do in every situation and in every marriage. This is a teaching about our need for God's heart and his Holy Spirit. God's Spirit will always lead us to the sufficiency of His gospel, what Jesus has done for us. And what Jesus did must be the center of our lives. If not, then we can get hard-hearted and get focused on the law and thinking that it's by performing his commands that we please him, Uh, that that, that's how we gain a status in his his eyes. And so often we start looking down on others and feeling condemnation ourselves uh, because of our failures. So, our response today uh, to God's scripture is to pray and to ask that he would teach us the wonderful grace that, that he gives to us and brings to us through his cross. Let's pray. Jesus, we ask that you would fill our hearts with your love, help us to know the true depths of, of your great love for us and how you have married us and given us the Holy Spirit as the, wedding ring as the seal of our marriage and we um, we could never repay you we could never live up to that standard but God you are doing a transformation work in our hearts and we want to abide with you we want to put our hope and trust with you in you Jesus and we want to walk each step in complete and utter dependence upon you Uh, we cannot live life apart from you we don't want to we desire to walk with you. And Lord, uh, we pray that you would give encouragement and peace to those who have been through difficult divorces and, and feel much pain. I pray that they would uh, look to you and obey your words to forgive those who have hurt them and, uh, and uh, to love even our enemies. These things are hard and we cannot do them apart from the power of your Holy Spirit. And so we pray that you'd fill us with that power and that you would teach us how to pray and wait upon you to be empowered by that spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.